In this episode, Agility is our friend. What is a low-code platform? And what does AppDev have in common with HSE? gas has always challenged technology. Now it's time for tech to challenge back. Come hear how the best minds in the industry are making those solutions a reality on the Oil and Gas Technology Podcast with your host, Mark LaCour. Hey folks, we're getting ready to do a live episode of the Oil and Gas Tech Podcast. Uh, we're sitting here live at the IoT conference in Houston, Texas, and I'm sitting here with Blaine Matthew. How are you doing today, Blaine? I'm doing great, Mark. Yeah, and before we get deeper into why Blaine's sitting with me here in the IoT conference, I want to talk a little bit about Flutur. Flutur.com is the sponsor of this show. They're the industry leader in uh, IoT, which is coincidentally enough, we're at the IoT conference. So if you want to learn more about that sort of stuff, reach out to them. Great group of people. The link's in the show notes. Now, Blaine, I'm sitting here with you, and you're chief marketing and product officer for Vantec. And one of the things that we started talking about early on is the fact that y'all don't have a large presence in oil and gas. And yet, I read this blog post that y'all did, and it sounds like you've been in this industry for 20 years. So you'll have some domain expertise. Well, it's interesting. Vantic started as a horizontal application platform that any enterprise could rapidly build real-time so-called event-driven applications. So we didn't originally focus on oil and gas, but what we found over the last year or so is the, the use cases for our platform in oil and gas are, are many and varied. And so the customers have been coming to us. Finally, we got smart and said, man, we just have to start going to these oil and gas events on, on purpose because there's clearly something going on there that Vantic should be a part of. Yeah, well, we need your help, quite honestly. So we're, this is a new age in oil and gas. I've been in this industry for 25 years, and I've been waiting for the process and the technology to change, and it hasn't. And now for the first time ever, it's changing unbelievably mm. fast. And one of those things that's changing, and you'll hear this as a buzzword, is digital. But we're moving toward a more and more digital world, less and less analog. The problem with that is the old systems, especially enterprise resource systems that worked well in the analog world aren't fast enough to work in the digital world. Mm. And that's actually one of the things y'all actually come in and help with, isn't it? Well, that's right. It's about, it's about speed, but a lot of it is about agility, as, as you said, making that transition from you know, SCADA systems and PLCs and, and very you know, hard, hard to change systems that are, that are hardware based and moving to a world of software. Right, where everything is agile, everything can be changed and, and grow and, and be modified on the fly. That's the change that is necessary for true digital transformation to take place, is to, of course, you have to connect to hardware-based systems and controllers. Increasingly, they're becoming internet-connected and internet-enabled. But while you make that transition on the hardware side, really, it's, it's about software. Software is eating the world. Yeah, and you talk a little bit about time. One of the things that's happened right now, especially at Upstream, is the ability to collect data on the well sites has been increased by a gazillion fold because now we have sensors, now there's more connectivity, now there's computing on the edge, so, so you get just the data you want, but it's too much. We don't know what to do with it. It's too right. much data too quick, and yet it's extremely valuable. And it's that sort of world, I think, that y'all thrive in. Yeah, right on. According to IDC, only 20% of that data that's captured upstream is used for anything at all, okay? The other 80% is, is wasted. And, and you said the magic word, which is action, right? There's some really cool dashboards and displays all around this event, some great, you know, beautiful design. 
but just putting a person in front of a dashboard with this data coming off the wellhead is pretty good. Maybe you can take an action or get an alert, but it's really all about building interesting applications that can enable a complex set of actions that involve people and machines collaborating together. That's where the real power is, right? Imagine if you could you know, do a, a real-time predictive field service of the wellhead based on the data coming off it, informing a technician of what they have to do while the data is streaming in. You know, that, that's the kind of application you can quickly build today using the data that's coming off that wellhead. Yeah, and what's really cool about that is not that long ago, that was a whole team, yep. an internal team plus contractors of people slinging code, app dev work, right? It always went over budget. They never delivered on time. And please, people, no hate mail. I'm not picking on any particular yeah. company, or, but it was just the process. And that world just doesn't work anymore. And one of the things that's really cool is if the audience doesn't know, there's a big difference between customizable and configurable, right? Mm. And y'all are customizable. A lot of stuff you do doesn't require a whole team of people writing code. Right. Well, you know, over the last 20 years, there's been a revolution in application development, the so-called low-code or high-productivity application platforms. And there are even some of them here at the show here today. And they've made it really easy and with great agility for developers to be able to build applications by dragging and dropping objects on a screen instead of writing thousands of lines of code. But what is quite new and what Vantic really brought to the market is bringing that low-code idea to the world of real-time applications. Applications that can take all this data coming off the wellhead or off the refinery and, and be able to take actions as the data is flowing. It used to be, as you said, very hard and complex to build those applications. You needed guru-level level developers to do it, and now you no longer do. That's really the transformation. And the cool thing about that is as the speed of technology changes, the old days of keeping the same ERP system in place yep. for 50 years is disappearing. And you, your company has the ability to, to move as fast as the company wants to with changes in technology. Yeah. Well, the way I would recharacterize that is the platform enables you to move as fast as you need to be able to move to make to adjust to those changes in technology. That's, that's really critical because... And it's no longer the case where you can win in the market by building a system and then let it run as it is for five or 10 or 20 years, right? You have to be able to adapt to these new technologies, these trends as they come on, artificial intelligence, machine learning, edge computing, IoT 4.0, all of these things are happening very quickly. And if you've got the mindset of build a system once and then let it run for 10 years, you're going to be left behind, right? Yeah. But the cool thing is some of those legacy systems are important and you can work with them just as easily as you work with anything else. It's really important, really important. So there's not a single Vantic application in existence that I'm aware of that is not connected to legacy systems in one way or another, right? And maybe there are a few greenfield systems I can think of, but by and large, it is... At, you have to connect to those legacy systems. And in fact, many Vantic applications, including one we're building with Petro China, actually the largest petroleum company in China, obviously, is fundamentally about connecting their legacy SCADA systems together so they have one unified view of what's going on across their complete infrastructure. Right now, these legacy systems are running in silos, basically, totally disconnected. And they want to be able to connect them in real time. That's actually what they're using Vantic for is an intelligent integration layer between these legacy systems. Yeah, and it's not just PetroChina. Every super major, every major, every large independent has the same problem in that they have global operations 
yet they don't have global insight to their own business. And honestly, a lot of it still being done with Excel spreadsheets that are emailed somewhere. So you may walk into a network operations center with all these big displays, not realizing that that data being displayed is three months old and it was pulled from an Excel spreadsheet. Yeah, really good point. And we see that all the time. Now, the flip side of that, though, is sometimes when we have these conversations, I think people start to get a little nervous that this this is such a big thing we have to do. How do we ever tackle it? Where do we start? Okay, like where does how does PetroChina go about integrating their entire technology stack and all their SCADA systems and everything else? And the way they do it is by starting small, right? Start with a project that you can get going literally in a few days or a week get connect two systems together, start to be able to take action based on those connections, and then expand from there. I always get nervous when I hear clients or partners talk about the digital transformation of their entire technology ecosystem. That's a, that's a multi-year project that probably will fail, actually. Yeah. Most digital transformation initiatives fail, frankly. We know, I have one client, we know one client, they don't have this problem anymore, but they had three hundred digital transformation projects running inside this very large multinational company. Do you know what percent of them failed? All of them. All of them, right? They were trying to do too much and, and it's, you have to do the exact opposite of that. Start small, be agile, and then build from there. That's, that's the way to success with these things. Yeah, we've talked about this on other shows. I'm not sure if we ever talked about it on this show, but the culture of oil and gas is different for one very important reason. In my industry, if you make a mistake, people die. Yep. And not only do people die, but you can have an environmental catastrophe which can destroy a company overnight. So we're risk adverse. From the outside, it looks like we're old fashioned. We're not, we're risk adverse. And that's exactly what you're addressing right now is you don't wanna come in and do an enterprise rollout because it's probably gonna fail. And if it doesn't fail, there's gonna be some dead bodies left behind, right? I don't mean literally, but you know, there's gonna be some, some problems. But if you start small, you learn, and you learn yep. with your client, and that just leads to further and faster adaptation and eventually success. Yeah, well, protecting human safety is actually one of the main use cases for Vantic in the oil and gas industry. One of our early clients, Total in France, or Total, if, no, if you're it's an Total. American. Total, yeah. you go with Total, I like that. And uh, it's Schlumberger, not yeah. Schlumberger. There you go, yeah. there you go. There, Total's use case is all about ensuring safety of people you know, at, at the site, in the plant. And I'm actually gonna be showing a video of that later at the event here, and you can, you can see it actually at Vantic.com as well. But their Total Anomaly Detection Initiative is all about understanding the current state of, of the oil field, who's doing what, where people are located, what, what dangerous situation might be developing in real time, and then either predicting that situation and preventing it from happening, or God help us if it does happen, make sure the right actions are taken to get people first safely out of the area and then to address the situation. So for Total with Vantic, it's all about human safety. Yeah, it's interesting. So the biggest driver in this industry is HSNE, Health, Safety, and Environment. The rest of the world calls it EHS, but it's HSNE here. Can we go a little bit deeper in that? Because I know our audience has have a big interest. So Total reached out to y'all and they said, We have a problem. Can you help? Yeah. So Total actually been working on this TADI initiative that I mentioned a second, Total Anomaly Detection Initiative for I think four or five years. They'd created a really cool sort of conceptual video of what could theoretically be done by combining sensors, machine learning algorithms, all of this good stuff. And after four years, they hadn't actually done any of it. 
Okay, they built some test sites. They put some hardware in place. They actually have a five hectare, twelve acre facility that they've built out with all the hardware, you know, wells, everything running. Okay, but what they didn't have was fundamentally the software layer that allowed this thing to actually function. They had sensors, they had everything else. They couldn't build a running system, and they found out about Vantic. I think probably about six months ago. We spent the last three months building this application with them, and now it is running at Total. It's it's quite incredible, actually. Specifically, what the application does is it can detect either gas or oil or a noxious fume leaks out of the equipment using the various sensors that are in place. Wind detectors know which direction these、uh, noxious chemicals are flowing, and then based on that, in real time, it can tell people and tells people which way to leave the area to avoid getting overcome by the fumes. Right? You can't just say, "Well, go to this building." What if the wind is blowing in that direction? Right. Right. So that's just one of many use cases they're working on. So let me make sure I make this clear for myself and for the audience. So Vantech isn't. The companies that make the sensors, and it isn't actually the application; it's the company that's able to make the application to fit that exact business problem. Well, how I would describe it is Vantic. So fundamentally, Vantic is an application platform. So companies build software in Vantic, and the kind of software they would build is real-time, so-called event-driven applications that can take all this data flowing, like into the total emergency situation we were talking about, and then allow you to take action. So either a company like Total would build the application themselves using our platform, or one of our system integrator partners might build the application for Total. In this case, we're working directly with Total to build the application. Yeah, and so we talked a little bit earlier. You mentioned a couple of buzzwords the last couple of years: AI and machine learning, which are two different things. People, how does that play in? Do y'all have an AI component that you can bring in? So basically, an AI block that you would pull in. Yeah. So one way to think about Vantic is as the enterprise nervous system that connects all these technologies and and hardware and sensors together in real time. So Vantic doesn't actually do any artificial intelligence or machine learning inherently. What we do is connect to all the different algorithms, providers of these different technologies. Gotcha. So we connect to Azure Machine Learning, as an example, Google TensorFlow for object recognition. All of these different technologies that do machine learning or, or AI can be integrated in Vantic. The thing about machine learning or AI algorithm is, by itself, it doesn't do anything. Right. right? It predicts something, maybe, or it recognizes something, but it doesn't. Do anything in and of itself. You have to write an application around that algorithm to do something. That's what you do with Vantic. Yeah. So this is kind of cool. So you're really kind of technology agnostic. You don't, as long as it fits the need of your client, it, you just pull it in. Totally. Vantic runs on top of the AWS IoT stack, the Azure IoT stack, HP, many others.、You、can run it in the Vantic cloud or on top of any of those major clouds, or you can run it also on premises in your own data center if that's how you're running your IT infrastructure. Do people still run stuff behind their firewall? It's amazing. What you know, I I think it truly, and because in many cases companies are building truly mission critical applications with Vantic, they're probably more likely to run it still behind the firewall. If you're just doing a CRM system or an HRM, you know, system or something, those kind of applications are almost all in the cloud these days. But true mission critical systems, it's still we're still early in that transition to the so-called public cloud. 
Yeah, it's a, a lot of people, even CIOs in this industry, are a little fearful of the cloud. And what they're really fearful of is they don't understand it. it security is actually more robust in the crowd than it is on prem. It's just different. And you have to understand different things. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of that, so cybersecurity has become a huge issue in this industry. Just five years ago, only the CIO and maybe the CSO even knew what that was. Now that pipelines are being shut down, right? The business leaders in this industry are worried about cybersecurity. Can we talk a little bit about Vantech and cybersecurity? Yeah, it's a really important thought. And this gets back to the way software is often developed for, you know, for enterprises in general. Companies first start with the good old POC, a proof of concept, okay? And POCs in general are built you know, very quickly, they're, they're held together with, you know, bailing wire and binder twine. They're almost never built as secure applications because they're just, they're just to sort of get started and show what's possible. And then, and then what happens if the go-ahead is given, all of that is thrown away and then the real application is built, okay? Think of the time and expense, especially the time involved in that and time is the most precious commodity. With Vantic, we don't even call them POCs anymore because when you start with a Vantic application, it is a secure, scalable application right from day one. In fact, never, I, I, don't, I don't know of a single example of a customer throwing out a POC and starting over with the real application. The POC is just version 0.5 of the real application because it was secure, encrypted, authenticated, you know, right, right from the get-go. Very important because if security is an afterthought, then you're screwed. You know, Blaine, I never even thought about that, but you're right. In the old ways of doing stuff, old ways of doing app dev, security was a later a layer that was brought in later, later. if it decided to be go ahead from a commercial point of view. Yep. I've never even thought about that, but you're right. The security was never built in in the beginning. It was an afterthought. Yep. Whereas the way y'all are doing it, it's built in from literally zero. Yep. Yeah. That is really cool. So extremely secure. One of the things I read on your blog post that I thought was really cool is that y'all work with a company looking at video feeds from drones in real time to detect pipeline vegetation growth so that they could send people out there to fix that. Now, the reason I think that is so cool is the old way of doing that, it was it was a calendared event. So every three months, every six months, right. whatever. And that's not an effective use of time. And it's also not the safest way to do it because you're sending people to areas that may have more vegetation that they can handle or less and they get bored, right? And that's when accidents happens when you're compliant, complacent with stuff. Can we talk a little bit about that? And if yeah. we, we don't need to mention the customer's name, but I just want to understand the complexity because Interpreting video feeds by itself is one thing, but interpreting it from drones is another. Yeah, it's a really cool application. So many oil field companies are now starting to fly drones over pipelines and over installations. And the application you're talking about takes those data feeds, uses object recognition to look for overgrowth situations where that's dangerous because you can't figure out what's going on under the overgrowth. Anything, anything could be happening. And then when it detects an overgrowth, and by the way, all of that processing of detecting the overgrowth is happening on the edge. That data, that video isn't being put up in the cloud. Too much data, right? Too much bandwidth, yeah. Too much bandwidth. So it's, it's being recognized on the edge. When overgrowth is detected, just that detection event is sent to the main application in the cloud, which then orchestrates the field service activities and everything to, to fix it in real time. So by the way, that whole application, including the whole field service orchestration, the object detection, the training of the machine learning algorithm to recognize the pipeline overgrowth, that application in Vantic took two guys, two weeks. Two guys, oh my two weeks. God, that's like right. a two year project normally. Yeah. And it, it, two year project with cost overruns, I guarantee you. <laughs> 
yeah, yeah, no doubt. In fact, the two guys that did it are sitting over in our booth right now. So, so really, and, and I would say out of that two weeks, probably half of, half of it was actually spent doing the object training of the machine learning algorithm to know what overgrowth looked like, obviously, as opposed to, say, a spill situation out, out of the pipeline, which would be a different training of the algorithm, which we haven't done yet, but we're looking at. Yeah, that's another great use of what y'all are doing. It's really funny. You talk about object recognition. We had somebody on the show a couple of weeks ago they were, that had video object recognition and some machine learning. And the client said that there, there was an error in the machine because it, it identified a bear as a person. And they went back and looked at the video. The bear was standing upright. So I think that was success. Now, of course, it, the machine should have known that a person's not seven feet tall and covered with hair, but still, it was the right shape to be a person. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, the machine learning, the more you put into it, the more you get out of it. Sometimes you need very finely tuned algorithms that can do that kind of differentiation. In other cases, it might not matter if it's a bear or a person. You just want to know, is something walking close to that pipeline that could, you know, not belong there, right? Yeah, let's kind of flip this around. Even though this is a tech show, we've been talking technology. One of the things I've been impressed with y'all already is the culture of your company. I get no feeling whatsoever that anybody in your company is going to try to sell me anything. What I get a feeling of is that you're trying to learn and understand and see if you can help. Am I, am I on spot with that? Well, in fact, so being the chief marketing and product officer, I'm not a salesperson. I'm, I'm actually personally here to learn. That's exactly why I came to this event. There's some you know, great vendors. Obviously, the practitioners in the field are, are all here. I'm giving a presentation in a few minutes, but for me, these things are really all about learning, understanding the space better so we can help you know, refine our, our presentation for oil and gas and make sure as chief product officer, I continue to steer the development of the platform in areas that are really important to the oil and gas industry. Yeah, so if you're listening to this, people, here's your chance to actually influence product design, which never happens because once they start making a ton of money, that process will be a little bit slower. But y'all are <laughs> y'all are no longer y'all are not a startup. Y'all have been around for a while. Y'all are established. You got some very big name, right. very big logos right. on your website. One last question: We're getting close to trying to winding things down. Plus, you got a presentation to do. In the world of oil and gas, and, and I love the fact that y'all haven't been in this industry for 30 years because you're fresh eyes, mm. right? Yeah. Off the top of your head, what problem do you see out there that you think that y'all can help oil and gas companies fix? Hmm. Out of all the use cases and all the things we're tackling, I, I really think human safety is the most important thing. Our founders actually founded Vantic based on the premise that you could change the world with Vantic by making people safer. Our CEO flies large commercial-sized jets okay, in his spare time. Now, wait, he's not a pilot for, for one of the airlines. He just flies he those types of... He flies his own okay. commercial jet around in his, in his spare time. And, you know, he part of the, initial, the beginnings of Vantic were all about understanding how, do you, how could you improve the safety of flying a large commercial jet by making sure the automated systems and the people, the human-powered systems, were collaborating most effectively together. And we saw what happened with the 737 MAX recently where those systems were not collaborating very well together. So that, that strive toward real-time human-machine collaboration was exactly why he founded the company four years ago. And that's really at the core of a lot of what we do. So most Vantic applications involve 
people and automated or semi-automated systems working together in real time. That's the fundamental use case. And I know especially safety-related applications in oil and gas, it's a no-brainer. Yeah, you hit it right square in the head. HSD is the, the major driver in this industry. So y'all are going to go far here. We got to do a little housekeeping. So typically, this is the point where we do the product reviews. We don't have a product to review today. If you would like to be, me to review your product, let me know. Send it to me. Please, people, I don't want air compressors or sandblast equipment or mud pumps. It's little gadgety stuff, stuff that's kind of cool. And we'd be happy to review it. Now, do know that if I review it and I don't like it or it doesn't work, I will say it doesn't work and I don't like it. Also, street team, if you want to join our street team, it's our volunteer global volunteer organization tim's been running that we basically just want your help with social media we ask you for an hour's worth of volunteer work a week and if you can't do it we don't care we still love you get to be part of our extended family and then big shout out to bcd travel they're our travel partner of choice for this show for all of our other shows and we mentioned flutour earlier flutour is doing something really good for our audience They're giving away these really cool port authority cyber backpacks so if you want to win one we give away one a week go to getflutour.com forward slash podcast register and if you don't win you can win it enter every week people and then finally, if you're online, go to their website and sign up, uh, oilgastechpodcast.com. Go ahead and give us your email address. We won't spam you, promise. We'll let you, we use that to let you know of any of the cool stuff that we're doing. And if you're online, go ahead and join our LinkedIn group. Big shout out to Tim and Alex. They've grown that LinkedIn group. I think we're up to about 14,000 people wow. on our LinkedIn page. Yeah, a big shout out to my marketing guy. They're, they're just kicking butt and taking names. So, Blaine, this has been really awesome. People want to learn more about Vantech. Where should they go? Pretty simple. Just go to vantech.com. Okay, and we'll put that link in the show notes. And if people want to learn more about you personally, where should they go? You can find my profile on Vantic.com, link to my LinkedIn profile, Blaine Matthew. I'm pretty easy to find. Yeah, we'll put all those links in the show notes. We're also going to put a link to their oil and gas blog post they did. It's not a blog post. It's like this huge educational piece with some very good video in it. Spend five minutes watching it. If you have any questions, any curiosity about what they're doing, reach out to them. They're a great organization doing some great stuff. So, Blaine, man, thank you very much for coming on. Thanks, Mark. It was great fun. Yeah. So, folks, we're making sure you don't get left behind one episode at a time. And here are the events on deck. Hey, everyone. Alex here with the events on deck for November. First of all, we had our best turnout ever for our latest happy hour in Houston with our panel discussion. So thanks to everyone who attended, and we hope to keep offering you guys value in the future. Be sure to listen here for any future happy hours. The events on deck for November include OGGN's second Denver happy hour on November 6th from 4 to 6 p.m. The cost of attendance is $20, a portion of which goes to local charities Safe House Denver and Oilfield Helping Hands. On November 12th at Minute Maid Stadium, IBM's Oil Field of Dreams, Data, Digitization, and Disruption. This event is free for all OGGN subscribers. OGGN's Mark LaCour will be doing a live podcast with ExxonMobil and his 2020 oil and gas predictions. On November 12th through 14th is Procurement Week in Sydney, Australia. Our travel partner, BCD Travel, will be sponsoring day two of Procurement Week in Sydney. Day two has content focused on the construction, mining, and energy sectors, as well as an indirect procurement leaders forum, which encompasses travel. Industry leaders will be discussing value-driven procurement approaches, evolving technologies, and the changing landscape. And drinks are on BCD at the end of the day. The Houston chapter API Energy Petroleum Club will be meeting on November 12th in Houston. Speaker Shane McElroy will be talking about the sustainability of electric fracturing. We have another free event on deck this month for our subscribers. The Top Coder Innovation Summit will be taking place on November 14th in Houston, Texas. This event is the premier innovation event for industry leaders. 
You'll have the opportunity to attend panels on innovation and emerging technologies and meet with the YPRO and TopCoder executive teams. Lastly, the Algeria Oil and Gas Summit is happening on November 19th through 21st this year. Alnaft will be sharing onshore and offshore updates for Africa's leading gas producer and opportunities for independent oil and gas companies. And don't forget, if you guys would like to receive these events each month via email, click Get Mark's Monthly Events email link in the show notes of any OGGN podcast. Hope you guys have a great month. Check us out next week for another entertaining and yet useful episode of Oil & Gas Tech Podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.